and welcome to Stand Tall, my podcast show. I look forward to sharing interviews and talks with and about people that create change, make an incredible difference and walk their talk. Everyone has their story, so stay with me as I hear about the layers of excellence in all walks of life. I, I, I can hear you now. Modern technology. Modern technology. I know. Great, right? How's your day been? <laughs> it's been hectic. <laughs> and how's your day? What have you been up to? Well, I, I, get, up at, I get up at 7 o'clock and I, I exercise and meditate for two hours and then wow. um, I have a cold, cold plunge, again, the cold plunge pool and a cold shower. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to start my day working on projects, um, books, podcasts. Great. I'm up to it. Fantastic. <laughs> so how's the year changed for you? How has the, 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 the lockdown and the COVID affected your life this year, Valerie? Um, I've basically um, stayed at home a lot. And as a result of staying at home, I've realised I really enjoy staying at home, (laughs) which is kind of why I realised that, um, well, maybe um, I should uh, really pay attention to my surroundings because I spend so much time at home because I love it, but I really should pay attention to making it a really productive and and lovely environment for me to be in. But anyway. <laughs> so have you, have, you, have you done that? Well, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I've thought, oh, maybe I'll move. <laughs> 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 but um, uh, anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Who knows? productive with your work? Uh, I have been actually. In fact, at the start of the year, well, at the start of the lockdown period, I enrolled in a bunch of courses and I decided to, um, you know, spend time, invest the time or prioritise the time in my creative output. And that was really um, fruitful for me, actually, because that's time that I probably would have spent commuting or, um, you know, out at events and stuff like that and you realize soon that you don't necessarily need to well commute and you don't necessarily need to be out at events and you I just reclaimed so much time and was able to create a lot of positive stuff out of it. So the one thing that's fascinated me about you is your ability to take on the amount that you take on so you had more time on your hands or less time on your hands? <laughs> well, um, I think it evened out a bit because before the lockdown, I was really stretched. I didn't get much sleep because I was doing so much. I was committed to so many things, but I also had the added, um, you know, part of the com- of commuting, of traveling, of going to meetings instead of you know, being, I mean, you still have meetings, but they're on Zoom, right? So it's a little bit, it saves a lot of time. And so I was really stretched, didn't sleep much at all before. Um, And so what the lockdown helped me do was just 
calm down a bit <laughs> on that front. Finding, and you're able to prioritize your your uh, your um, daily activities a little bit more and, and refine what is you did you really want to do at this stage in your life? Yeah, I do think so. It was like this enforced stop or this enforced point of uh, period where you were able to reflect and figure out what you enjoyed and figure out the stuff that you thought you had to do, you didn't really have to do. Um, so there were, for me, there, I, and I realise that in many parts of the world it's been devastating and terrible, um, but for me it was, um, it was useful from a self-awareness point of view uh, in terms of determining what I really wanted um, and determining on uh, determining the things that I could get rid of that I didn't need. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm. I, I was doing a bit of reading on you just in preparation for this podcast and I, I, um, I'd like to wind back the clock a little bit and just go back to Singapore when you were living there and the time that you spent <laughs> when you migrated to Australia and how that was for you. Oh, gosh, that was such a long time ago because my parents moved here when I was four and a half. So I was really, really young and I started school in Australia. So I didn't really know much different. I did go to preschool in Singapore and I have some memories of that. Um, but I started kindergarten here and so I've had my entire schooling um, in yeah. Australia and and I did go uh, to Singapore in my 20s and work for three years and that was a really interesting experience because I, even though it was the city that I was born in, I was so young, I didn't really remember anything. Well, you're young enough and, to have a traumatic experience. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's right. So when I went back there to work for three years, it was like a whole new world to me. Um, so that was that was pretty fun. Um but yeah, I, I I've just been here forever. <laughs> and when did you when you went to university and uh, you studied a business degree? Studied a business degree. Yeah, I and studied accounting and economics. Yep. You 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 did you start writing back then? Was that, was that something which you had a, a passion for, an interest for early? Or I I, I would say it is three things. Um, and for different kind of reasons, um, Facebook, Instagram, and um, the good old-fashioned email, like a good old-fashioned email newsletter, believe it or not. But I believe that those three are, you know, equally important. There's a lot of connections that you can do on Facebook and a lot of um, word of mouth that can spread about you on Facebook, which is great. Um, with Instagram, it is more my artistic endeavours. Um, and honestly, the humble email newsletter, I think, is still is still a useful and powerful tool. Not the only tool these days. You still got to have that other stuff. Um, but I still think that it's it's a very powerful tool. And what about um, blog posts? Oh, yes, yeah, certainly. So um, the blog posts or the articles that you put online, they are important to showcase who you're about and showcase um, your uh, expertise, you know, to so that people know 
that you are an expert or, or you know, in a particular field, have opinions in that field, have, um, and um, and they and and as a result of that, they learn to trust what you put out there, trust your expertise, and they basically get to know, like, and trust you through the content that you put out, whether that's through blog posts or videos or, um, you know, um, articles or whatever. So, yeah, I think trust definitely is important. It's a tremendously important quality for a, for a business. And yeah. trust is very important. Absolutely. Very, very important. And because people often make their decisions based on what you've got out there online as to whether they're going to call you or not or if there are two providers or two suppliers that are, you know, fairly equal in terms of um, what their website looks like, people will then look beyond that to, well, what content are they putting out there? And if the last piece of content you put out was in 2016 (laughs) compared with your competitor, which is more recent, your competitor is going to seem more relevant or more up-to-date or more, you know, have their finger on the pulse. Um, And if you are able to showcase your expertise, whether that is in written form or, like I said, through videos or podcasts or or whatever, then people can see that, okay, this guy knows what they're talking about or this woman Mm. knows what she's talking about. Um, I'm going to – and especially – when you you do have say video or audio, there's that much. There's a bit more of a personal connection, and you kind of already feel like you know the person. It's like your selling has been done for you just through your content. Yeah, that's fascinating. I once read a um, an article that Tim Ferriss put out there about how he's a prolific blogger and he makes no excuses for his blogs. Some people like them, some people hate them. I thought that was very interesting. Mm, yes. He he definitely grew through, he definitely gained notoriety and fame and, and sales of his books through the world of blogging. Um, he actually came to our office, uh, um, well, many years ago now, and uh we did a video with him and I asked him how he got the four, his first book, The 4-Hour Workweek, um, you know, out in, uh, in so many articles and, and so on. And it really, initially, it was blog posts and he was very strategic. He went to BloggerCon or, you know, the big blogging conference and basically networked with a whole heap of bloggers just before the book was going to come out and said, hey, you know, it was great to meet you. Um my book's coming out. You might be interested in chapter three. I'll send it to you. Anyway, to cut a long story short, a lot of people wrote about his, a lot of bloggers wrote about his um, book and that's how it, it started getting a real lot of traction. Fascinating. Mm. So for those of you that are listening to this and don't know, Valerie was the, to my, my, my own book, um, from page to publisher, and you were instrumental in getting that off the ground, Valerie. So thank you for that. Oh, it was my pleasure, honestly, Andy. I was so inspired by your your not only your journey, but by the the way you told your story. And I was so inspired with the thought um, that went in it because a lot of people just write kind of like a travelogue, not travelogue, but you know, like a diary, and. Um, I just thought your book was awesome and I don't really 
get involved. I don't have the time these days to get involved with so many books. And you may recall, I said, Hey, why don't you send it to me first? It was kind of my way of checking it out first, if you know what I mean. And and I just, you know, of course, little things needed to be, you know, um, maybe moved around and stuff like that here and there. But I knew as soon as I knew, as soon as I read it, it was just such an inspiring um, book. And I was so Oh, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Um, I was just so um, happy to, you know, to to work on it with you. Oh, it was an absolute honour to have you to have you as part of that journey. Are you still CEO of the Writers Australian Writers Centre? Yes, yes, that keeps me busy. I'm still CEO of the Australian Writers Centre, which is, you know, great fun because writing is one of my great passions, and I love seeing people succeed in the world of writing. Um, and, uh, and and whether they're writing their memoir like you or whether they're, you know, writing blog articles or whether they're writing novels. So um, everyone's got different dreams, right? And I love seeing them come true for people. You seem to have a great penchant for, for giving. Is, is that part of your, your own personal code and you've, you've managed to map out what is it that makes you tick and get, turns your juices on the most? Is this- Uh, I think I have an endless amount of giving when I see someone who has so much potential and who wants to fulfil that potential, I will just give and give and give and give. You know what I mean? Because I get really excited when people see their dreams come true. Um, So I think that, so, you know, I'm not completely selfless. I just don't give to everyone all the time (laughs) if if I see that you're actually not going to work for it or you want everything to be delivered onto your lap (laughs) there's only a certain amount of give that I um uh can do before I feel exhausted but when I see somebody who is just as inspired to fulfill their own dreams I'm energized and I can just keep on giving for ages fantastic Talking about uh, becoming an entrepreneur, my son Tom, uh, you, you remember Tom, don't you? Yeah, my God, he used to be so little. <laughs> he, was, he was tiny, wasn't he? Oh. He, he's, he's in his last year of university now and he wants, he wants to become an entrepreneur. So I promise oh, wow. you what, what advice you got for him. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, you always keep learning. Absolutely always keep learning in whatever realm, not only in stuff that's associated with whatever business or, you know, um, vocation that you want to pursue, but also just in general, always give in to your creative curiosity, whatever your curiosity is. Don't think, oh, I'll discover that when I'll explore that when I'm over the Christmas break, or I'll do that when I'm retired, or I'll do that whenever in school holidays. Um, give into it because you never know where it can lead you. And more often than not, if it's something stirring inside you and you give into it, it will not only does it not seem like any work because you've already got a genuine interest in it, it usually leads to something or somewhere magical for you in your life. So almost like, like just listening to that voice inside you, inside your gut, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. I, um, my next interview is with a guy that lives in Florida with his wife, his Japanese wife, and they run the, the Japan School. Uh-huh. 
and he's got a great little business and he's a, he's a terrific entrepreneur and he's got a real pension for giving as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about this, this your other great love, the, 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 your, your artwork, which is just fascinating. <laughs> and I, I only discovered that about you over the last couple of years by following you on some of the social media pages. Mm. What, a, what a gift you've got. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. It's something actually I only kind of started pursuing a couple of years ago because everyone, I I was really, you know, heavily involved with my work and I've thoroughly enjoyed it, but everyone I knew kept saying, you really need a hobby. (laughs) And I didn't have one and I didn't know what to have as a hobby. So I just sort of tried out a bunch of different things. It didn't really matter to me at the time what those things were. It was just to see, you know, just do something different. And eventually you realise it's it's that little voice inside you, right? You realise, oh, I that bit, that stuff wasn't interesting, but I really like that. And then you go down that path and then you go, oh, that stuff's not so exciting, but I really like that aspect. And it was just following, going down the rabbit holes and following your curiosity until you kind of go, I love this. And I wanted to spend all my waking hours, you know, painting and creating art and that sort of thing. And well, that's kind of how it happened. You, you were writing about a post, you were painting a posture. <laughs> I thought that was such a, a great thing <laughs> what you're doing. Yes. So I have, uh, I started painting apostrophes of all things and it kind of just took off and now they're being licensed by companies in America and um, other places. And that's why I think it's so important to give in to your curiosity because like I said, magical things can happen completely unexpected. I think I think the whole idea of writing down hard and fast goals and, and working towards those goals, they have a place, but the Anthony Robbins model uh, is, is only one. Is only one model. The other model where you just build castles in the air and and have a number of ideas and see what grows legs. Mm. Is also another great way of doing it. So you, you 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 pick things which you might like to do and see see what your intuition leans you towards. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big big believer in that. I was going to ask you a couple more questions, but just before we finish up, do you have sure. a morning ritual? Do I have a morning ritual? I would love to say, Andy, I would love to say, hey, I wake up and I do my yoga and I drink my green juice and I (laughs) sit in my Zen garden, (laughs) but that doesn't happen. (laughs) My morning ritual is pretty basic. I have my tea and I just get started. (laughs) That's as good as any. It's not very exciting. (laughs) And juggling so many things, are you still involved with the, um, the Lunar Festival? Oh, yes, so I was the curator of the City of Sydney's um, Sydney Lunar Festival for the last two years. Um, in the, the next one is coming up, like, very soon, but obviously there's been COVID and lockdown, so I'm sh- it's going to be a slightly different version, but it's this that year, this well, this year, because it's a little bit strange, it, it's going to... Um, you know, be operated by the staff at the City of Sydney, it's going to be a little bit different this year. So I'm not involved this year. 
Well, let's say that's a, that's a disappointment for everyone involved, but probably a bit of a relief for you. Uh, it was it was a great experience and um, really great fun to be involved and um, connecting with so many different communities and so many different artists. But yeah, it's true. It's freed up a lot of time, which um, has enabled me to focus on um, the licensing aspect of um, my art, which is really where I focus my energies as a result of this year, as a result of having that time freed up this year. And so um, because it used to kind of pain me <laughs> um, that I would create a artwork and it would be bought by someone, which is fantastic, and I loved the fact that they would want to buy it and it would go to their house, but then I'd never see it again, <laughs> which is fine, but it was kind of, it was a bit bittersweet. So with entering the world of licensing, now artwork can be on, you know, prints, it can be on products, it can be on everything from, you know, journals to um, fabric and um, I've created a whole wallpaper and upholstery collection which is out with um, uh, a supplier called Emily's Is, an Australian textiles um, studio, so that it, it just doesn't go into one person's house it can go onto, you know, lots of different things, which has been um, a really exciting focus for me this year. It's so great. It's so great to hear. Are you a um, are you a checklist person, or do you write do you write do you write a checklist for your day's activities, or are you just a a, a wing it on the day kind of person? Uh, I do have a list. Yes. And it does look like a checklist because I draw a little box <laughs> so that just so that next I draw a little box next to whatever it is I need to do just so that I can tick it off. I have been known to, you know, even though I've done a task, I will st- I will just go, oh, I want to cross it off. And I realise I didn't write it down in the first place, so I still draw the little box and write it down just so I can cross it off. I find that. You know, there's technology can can certainly give you help with that. The checklist you can you can develop online, but but I'm 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 very much still on the lines of writing it down on a scrap piece of paper and guarding that piece of paper until everything's done on it. Absolutely, there's it's very satisfying to you know that pencil on the paper to cross it off. Very satisfying. What are you doing as your ex-trainer? I'm interested to know what you're doing exercise-wise these days. Um, these days I go, I do some running. Um, I only go once or twice a week because I find at the moment that I could <laughs> that's all I can deal with. <laughs> and then I do weights the rest of the time. Um, or weights or boxing. Um so it's it's pretty straightforward, um, but That's I will say that during COVID, um, I was not motivated enough to do that on my own. So um, I really went backwards, but I'm clawing my way back and thankfully that's happening. Well, I don't know if you know, but I've got new. I've got married over the last couple of years, and I married a Pilates instructor, and she's moved. Yes. She's moved into my house, and we've got a Pilates studio in the backyard now. And I, and I actually love love the Pilates. Oh, awesome! You have your very own instructor. You can just instruct each other. <laughs> That's right. That's right. She, she used to come to the, the the room downstairs at North North Sydney PCYC on a Saturday morning. Awesome. That was a that was so much fun. 
One question. You had the best music. You had the best music. I loved the music you played. Oh yeah, I love the I love the music. It was great, but it was, it was mm. I must admit, I must admit I cheated a little bit with it because it was already pre-recorded. But I I try and stay away from the cheesy music. Yes. <laughs> What's your best and worst investment? And that can be a doesn't have to be financial. It can be something which you yeah you invest mm. in study wise or or a book that you bought. Oh, okay. Um, there are a lot of books actually that I've that I think are fantastic. It's so hard to pick just one, so I'll just pick my book of the moment. <laughs> um, it may not mean my favorite of all time or best investment of all time, but um, maybe in the last six months it was a book that I read called The Five Second Rule, and it's such a straightforward concept it's a book by mel robbins but it's every time that you think of something you you just do it by the time you count down five four three two one and yeah just do it like literally just do it if you know that it's something that you need to do um it's basically stops you from procrastination and it was at you know two at 30 a.m one day after i had written the uh, uh, read the book and i thought i really should approach this company um, to see if they want to license my designs on wallpaper and upholstery and stuff. And I went, okay, five, four, three. <laughs> and I emailed at 2.30 a.m., you know, because I was in, <laughs> motivated by this book. And, yeah, that ended up getting a deal with um, this, this great textile studio. Um, so certainly that's one of the best of late. Um, worst, hmm, okay. That's a really... That's a tough question, isn't it? That is a tough question. I've bought a number of white elephants. That's yet to come. Sorry? You put that one down and say that's yet to come. Yes, that's a really good answer. I like that. <laughs> You're working on that one. I like that. And Valerie, just, just so I can do my, my, my um, followers know which book you... Your, your latest book is... Is, is, is it the... Yeah, so Power Stories, the eight stories you must tell to build an epic business. So um, Through Amazon? Yeah, Amazon or like through Kindle. It's available on audiobook. If you happen to speak Spanish, it's also in Spanish. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah, it tells you about um, storytelling in business and how to use the power of storytelling to you know, build your community or convert customers or build raving fans. Fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll plug it in, in, the, uh, in your introduction as well. Thanks, Valerie. Thanks. Lovely to talk with you. Great to talk to you too, Andy. Thank you. Have a great Christmas and New Year and I'll, um, I'll be in contact. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.